let it be known that like this experience like changed my life and i know that sounds very like oh yes ayahuasca like i love drugs and like you know whatever no yeah, like yeah. no it like it changed my life for the better like it was so good like you know like this is not bullshit like, he gets on top of me and just pounds me to the ground i'm just being abused In this episode of Finton Lives With, a podcast about Finton and the people that they live with, I interview Claudia Handal, one of my very good friends who I met at Grinnell College. And we're gonna talk about the time that we traveled together to Spain and Morocco, mostly focusing on Morocco though, cause oh boy, we went through a uh, bit of a roller coaster there internally and externally all over the place. So yeah, let's just jump right into the podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Claudia Carolina Handal Perez. I am a 23-year-old woman that lives in Grinnell, Iowa with her family. I moved to Iowa in 2009 from New Orleans, and I moved to New Orleans from Honduras in 2001. Um, what was the other question? How did you get to know Fintan? I really don't remember like the first time that we met. Do you? I, I don't have a clear memory either. It was all just sort of a bubble of cross-country incestuous French, fam. yeah, friends. And, like, all I know is that, like, we all started sitting together. And it was, like, you, Matt, Luke, me, and Alosha. And, like, that was that click. So let's talk about our experiences dancing. We, we went to Spain and Morocco and then back to Spain. Mm-hmm. So let me, tell me about something memorable from the dancing times. I have, like, a very clear memory of, like, me, you, and Cormac. This was after we had been at the Carlochi bar, which was, like, the relic bar with all of the, like, Jesuses and, like, the Virgin Marys and the saints and, like, the fucking owner who's, like, I started this bar when I was 23. I'm, like, Jesus, I'm 23, and look at me. (laughs) And then, but also, like, hitting on us at the same time. Hitting on you. He really liked you. But after that... He was really touchy. Yes. After that, we went to some older person gay bar and i remember they were playing it's raining men hallelujah and i have like a video of that and there was a whole bunch of little circle mirrors and like the lighting in there was like blue and purple and like that is like a really great dancing memory that i have well can we also talk about how we were soaked when we got into that place yes yes we were we were fucking wet dogs is what we were and cormac i remember standing off under an awning with like some other random spaniards and cormac was just like dancing in the middle of the rain and they're all like oh it's it's loco it's loco (laughs) it's like he's crazy and like like and i'm like yep (laughs) what about our um infamous razzmatazz experience oh geez (laughs) well i mean that 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 night itself is just a whole because it started it started off like just maybe you can get a summary so i think that night started with us meeting up matt fx and Gigi at the bar and then we got like a picture of sangria and that started off and they're like yeah let's go to the like let's go to you and then your person that you had been talking to on instagram was like come to razzmatazz come to razzmatazz we stood in line for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes because it's just like so many people pouring in and this was like on a thursday night or a wednesday night there's like thousands of people at this club we finally get in 
Gigi and Matt go go off. Matt, for reference, is like the sound producer of Broad City, which is like, how the <laughs> fuck did we link up? Tinder, bitch. And um, so they go off. Um, Fintan and I go upstairs to the reggaeton room, and we're just like dancing like a lot. We're dancing a lot. And then finally, like we meet up with this like Instagram boy, but they're all really fucking weird. And then like Fintan is not even like hooking up or linking up with the Instagram boy. Fintan is linking up with the Instagram's boy's friend. Well, I also follow on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm trying to roll some hash like on my pants. <laughs> Our Moroccan hash. <laughs> yeah, and it's brought. it's just like not working. <laughs> And then we went, like, we left them eventually. Like, they were like, oh, we're leaving. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> and then we went onto the dance floor, and I started just, like, running into people. And they're like, what's going on? Like, why? Like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, let me get through. <laughs> and then we danced on the dance floor yeah, yeah, yeah. until basically it closed. 5 a.m. We were kicked out, and then we went off to our, our plane to leave. And then we had to go home to catch the fucking airplane, and I was exhausted. Because we made a conscious decision not to drink a lot, because we knew we had to catch planes. Yeah, right. We didn't want to mess up and end up, like, in the suburbs somewhere, which was also a theme of your, your travel experience. I always end up in the suburbs with some dude, like, in Morocco, in Chicago, in New Orleans. It hasn't happened in Iowa yet, but you know. But we all okay. We need to throw back to Tangier and talk about the clubs there because that oh was God, very the, unique. The t- clubs in Tangiers are lit because they got a hype man singing to you, yeah. and then somebody playing the drums and somebody playing the piano. But it's like a very synth piano, yeah. and but it's it's all like very Moroccan music, and um, and then it's like tiny little living rooms where like three to four people can sit in but there's 20 or 30 of them lined up in the club and then there's like a hookah girl that just runs hookah to people and like lights the hookah but this is when we went with Youssef and then his friend who I don't remember this was after we were at the Africa Cup and we went downtown to go to one of the clubs and so we basically start smoking hash in the club and I'm like no this is not a good idea and so we got one warning it was like yo like put it out and so we did and then Yusuf was like, we can light it up again. <laughs> and then we light it again. And then we got our hash confiscated. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, they're going to call the police. Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. Because I've never been to... Like, we had been kind of to the club before. We'd been to bars in Tangier. Yeah. Like, very, like, normal type bars. And not, like, a Moroccan scene. Yeah. Until Hotel like, bars. Yes. But also, like, there was, like, that pub that we went to. Oh, yeah. The in- international yeah. pub. Let it be known that the tapas in Tangier tangier or lit okay you don't have to eat before you go out to drink in tangier because they will fucking feed you at the bar and like feed you a lot of food and like those little fried fish that oh, were yeah. so good i was yeah. like they bring you a massive platter of fish with every drink it's incredible yeah and like we're and, like we're spending three dollars and like they're just bringing us food oh. it was great it was great but um what was I saying? So we get our hash confiscated and then he has the balls to go talk to the manager and they end up becoming friends and the guy gives him like more hash than what we came into the club with. And I'm just like, oh, I guess this is how things work in Morocco. Let's talk about like when we first got to Morocco. So we, we decided to book flights to Morocco from Spain because it was like... I don't know. It was really cheap. 30 euro to fly down from Sevilla to Fez. 
knew nothing about Fez getting in. Turns out it's the city with the largest car-free urban area, the Medina. Damn, I, it was in my dream last night, actually. I'm just remembering, like, walking through the Medina. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So we get there. What happens? Yeah, okay. So, like, we like we get off of the plane and we're trying to go into, like, because they're, I don't even know if this is just, like, a cheap airline thing, but, like, you just get off on the fucking tarmac. You're on, like, you feel like you are you took a private yeah. jet somewhere. <laughs> so, then, like, they make you walk to inside the building to go through customs. And there's just, like, military. And Finton is, like, taking videos. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, Finton, I swear to God, we just got into this country. Don't get us kicked out. So, we go through customs, whatever. Then we knew it was going to be a bitch, like, fucking sucked ass trying to get a taxi into fez into like old fez and um it just took so long and it was just like so emotionally draining to try to get a taxi and like to try not to get ripped off but like in the end it just like it has to happen you have to let yourself get a little bit like monetarily abused because you have to go somewhere and so we finally get to in the taxi we i mean it was a far drive it was like a 20 30 minute drive it was and because it wasn't we weren't staying at a hotel or anything then no one knew where we were going that was the we confusion fucking know where we were going exactly. i'm i'm lucky i had service because we would have never found our airbnb without it so then we get into downtown fest and we're just like waiting for our um airbnb and then this old dude jumps out of a taxi and he's like oh come with me and so like we follow him into the medina luckily we're not deep in the medina it was like very close to the edge and like i was grateful for that and then he takes us to this very large what were they called the guest houses they have uh, a name uh, and then like the other getup is that we don't have our own set of keys in this place well also this man we get there he doesn't really speak any of the languages that we speak even though the airbnb listing said they speak all languages it turns out he pretty much just speaks arabic yeah so every time we're trying to communicate we got to use google translate or he's got to call his, his son, son. <laughs> it, was just- it was very slow process yeah, signing yeah. the contract but they treated us very well like to the like to the best of their ability like i think i'm i'm grateful for them because like i think if they were would have been mean or like taken advantage of us like that would have like really tainted my experience more because like i was already pretty tainted in fez i was like i hate this shit like i remember that first night looking for flights to leave like i'm not even kidding you finton i was like i was not okay because and then because then we were like trying to get food and he takes us to this place which is obviously a tourist trap and we're like no we're not doing this and then you're like oh let's go to this restaurant on the other side of the medina and like okay yeah sure and then we go into the medina and we get lost and i'm like Fenton, what the fuck? I, w- I got really frustrated with you because it was like closing time in the Medina and all of the shops are closing. And I'm a fucking woman. And like, yeah. that is just like, uh, like, I don't want to talk about that shit on the podcast, but like, it was just like. No, this is exactly what we should be talking about because we, well, no, we don't need to go into specific details, but I remember like I learned like how fast I walked <laughs> when yeah, I got no, to no. Morocco. I like you, you, yeah, you called me out on that many times. Yeah, well, it's like if you're a woman and if you're going to like Morocco and you're going to be in these tight spaces with like a lot of people and you have a male bodied person with you, take advantage of that and like make sure they walk next to you at all times because, like, I mean, 
I was taken advantage of by a 10 year old kid who just like was grabbing my ass. It wasn't even that like I felt like so violated or whatever. It was just like, this is so fucking annoying. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this right now. Like, I'm already fucking cold. I don't know how to speak the language. So like, you know, you have to deal with that. You know, that's this is some people's lives, like when they immigrate to a different country. But like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to be on vacation over here. Definitely. It definitely was a learning moment <clears throat> for me. It was, I mean, yeah, at the times is you just didn't know what people were going to do. Like some people just came up to you and they're, they're either trying to sell you something or like trying to take your money somehow or, or just be rude. But other people were very nice to us. No, it's just yeah, like very like, no. back and forth. Yeah. And I just think it was like where we were staying and also like how heavily like how many tourists go to fez and like that medina in january when it's cold yes yeah so it was like yeah there i don't were, know there was no i feel else. like we're talking very badly about fez but like at the end of the day i really liked it like i feel like if i go back like i know where i would want to stay and like the experience that i would want but if you're just going there your first time like keep an open mind you know protect your shit protect yourself um don't take any tours from little children like just don't don't take any tours from somebody that tells you that they're like rebuilding some holocaust building yeah i'm still that's still we're, that that was the day we got real ribs off by a lot scared. of people we were, we were, we, just, we were just handing out all of our cash we're like how do we just blow through all of our cash for the week in a day yeah, exactly because yeah. everyone's asking you for money for tours and just whatever yeah. like to I see that yeah, they're trying to make a living which yeah. is like i get it at the end of the day I mean, it wasn't like we were dealing with people that were, like, extremely well off. So, like, you know, I mean, like, what? They're going to use the money to feed their family, like, or feed themselves or whatever. And, um, you know, hopefully we weren't dealing with alcoholics or, like, opiate fiends or whatever. There is very much that, like, atmosphere. Not, like, a scamming atmosphere, but, like, it. you have to barter. Not you have to have a conversation with whatever you whom you are buying unless there's like a menu like at the only places where we really didn't barter was like when we were trying to get food um it, it honestly if you're not used to it it just becomes so exhausting because you have to i mean you walk around here you can go into stores and stuff and you you interact with a person but you don't really interact with the person you're just like exchanging money and getting the fuck out but in yeah. morocco no <laughs> you you gotta interact and they're trying to learn about your life and like try and get mm -hmm. you to buy more stuff they're very very good at that yeah, and like the, I mean, they're hustling. They're making a living. Yeah. Like I remember you trying to buy your slippers with Sahar in um, in Rabat, and like that took fifteen minutes of them just talking, so that the price could come down to like what was it like five six dollars? No, ten dollars. Did you pay a hundred for those? Well, I was fine paying ten dollars. I think I paid like a, the equivalent of seven dollars or maybe eight dollars or something because because right? Sahar uh, Claudia knew someone in Rabat which was super great and she took us to the to the shops in the Medina yeah, and yeah she was she was not gonna but she was like no it's not it's definitely not worth this much and so she kept bargaining I was like I mean I don't really I'll pay ten dollars these are nice shoes handmade like yeah. excellent shoes but she was like no I can get you a better price so and she's like I need to come here with my mom like my mom is a great person to like like uh haggle and um and we were just like oh, 
it's not worth our time like we need to keep going like we need to like look at the other parts of the medina like let's go (laughs) yeah oh my god that that was that was a massive medina it just went on forever well i like that one more well i guess it was just like there was so much light in that one and it was like the i felt like the corridors were wider yeah but also it like when we were in the fez medina the lighting was just awful because of how dark and damp and rainy it was so like i think our experience would have also been so much better if it wasn't raining right if it was cold like you know it's one thing but like if there's no sun it's just like (laughs) we were walking around for a few days and we barely scratched the surface of that of fez just in general we oh, did yeah. there was so much that we had not explored like not walked off further yeah. in one direction yeah. so but like it goes back to that thing where it's like the weather really inhibited us and like at the end of the day that made it that made the biggest difference so we need to go back when it's like beautiful outside i also really liked going to that um like that music club and it was like after hours and like um mm-hmm. there were all these like men that were just like getting us drunk and high well, yeah, let's set the scene there. We were like, we were in Shefshan, which is the blue pearl or the blue city where everything's mm-hmm. painted blue. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I was like, oh, let's stay for three days or something. And we, we did things for one day and we sort of ran out of things to do because, I mean, there's, it's a very small town and even like hiking up to the top, like you can do that. You can go on longer hikes if you wanted, yeah. but we didn't, it was I not, was not it was not that. the weather for that. It was yeah. just not the best situation. And you had to take a taxi. It was expensive too. Yeah. And, and so we were just like desperate to find alcohol or like just like some live music or just some fun because you can't you can't buy alcohol anywhere in the city we found out like people were uh, bringing in wine that they had bought outside of chef show into the restaurant we were eating at but but yeah then we stumbled upon this cafe that was i think it was they were closed or like closing Closing. or whatever but there were a bunch of people in there and the man snuck us some was it whiskey um jack daniels right no no it wasn't jack daniels it was um jimmy walker or whatever it's called johnny walker it was red <laughs> yeah. label it was red label oh, okay. so it wasn't like shitty no but he was like giving us whiskey and then i started talking to these argentinians and uruguayan men right. who like leave they live in spain they live in like mallorca i think like one of the islands and they like come to chef Shawn for like five to six weeks to like do work which is like work in quotation marks because i'm like i feel like all y'all do is come here to get high as fuck yeah they were uh, they were out of it yeah <laughs> then there were these dudes who started playing music I'm like what is going on like i felt like it was in a fucking movie <laughs> like, it was an incredible it just became an incredible jam session yes and we're just like hanging out (laughs) it was so fun running into the musicians the next day because it's a tiny town they're they were just on the street like uh, hanging out by the smoothie stand (laughs) yeah getting a like getting a tuna sandwich (laughs) (laughs) or some shit like that Oh, but the other thing we got to talk about is the bath. Like that's, that was like something I was trying to do the whole time I was there. Like I kept reading about it, all these blogs, all these people had done it. And I was like, shit, we got to try Moroccan bath. We got to be bathed. So we go to one, we finally found one. Like it was our last, second to last day, right? Like all the way at the end of the journey in Tangier, we got a recommendation from the hostel person working at the hostel to go to this one it was like it was sort of out there like not in the center uh, the touristy area we were just like it was a local very local spot 
and super cheap and it split men and women so we couldn't go in together we had to go in separately from the outside and we both had pretty different experiences i would say do you want to describe yours let it be known that like this experience like changed my life and i know that sounds very like oh yes ayahuasca like i love drugs and like you know whatever no yeah, like yeah. no it like it changed my life for the better like it was so good like you know like this is not bullshit so like i walk in and then like so i pay the lady and then she's like oh you got to do this you got to do this like she knew english or spanish or some shit i don't even remember so i like go and like i get my massage lady and she's like okay i'll meet you in there like you know you get half naked you're just like in your underwear and then you bring your like shampoos and shit never fully naked you're not allowed no exactly like i also had not like really bathed well like the whole time in morocco because it's so <laughs> fucking cold and like the water the hot water would run out in seconds uh, wherever we would yeah. go uh, so like i had never i hadn't like really taken a shower in like a week <laughs> let's just put it like that so i go in and i'm like oh, yes i'm so ready to bathe my body and it's like this huge kind of cylinder type room with a domed ceiling like a rounded curved ceiling and so there's a, one the first room the second room and the third room so like just like a shotgun all the way to the back we go all the way to the back and that's the hottest room and there's this huge like pool of hot water and you just like start getting buckets and so the first step was to rub like the honey all over my body and like that's what i did and then she took me into the middle room and that's where she was like lay down and then she like started scrubbing me and like my skin was just like coming off of my body yeah. and i was like i feel disgusting but also i love this it was like not peeling off but it would just roll off because she had this glove on and she was just like rubbing into my skin and then i washed all of like, my dead skin off of me and then i like proceeded to wash my hair and like i shaved my armpits and you know you do like your normal shower things i was in there for like an hour or so i want to say i was just like not speaking to anybody and like there were just like families there it was like the grandma the mom and the two daughters you know it was like it's a it's it's a family affair i felt really refreshed i got changed i go out and i meet fenton who's like like i've been waiting for you for so long <laughs> so long i was outside for so long that this guy the guy watching the cars on the street which uh, they just watch the parked cars and get collect tips he gave me his little chair <laughs> and went away i was like so exhausted but like the first thing that fenton said to me is like oh my god you're glowing yeah. <laughs> and i was glowing i felt amazing it was an amazing experience but anyways mine was rough my, I, my like I, I was not i didn't feel relaxed at any moment it was it was still incredible i felt very clean after but it was also much quicker and i think mine happened in about half the time claudia's did and i like went in same thing got the guy to pay the guy to do the massage and walks me into the back room does the hot water and feels very nice i sit there for a bit <clears throat> and then he comes back and takes me into the front room and dumps the cold water on me and immediately starts like he gets on top of me and just pounds me to the ground i'm just being abused like it flips me over and like just the scrapey brush and like the pounding and and he bends my arm all the way back and my other arm my legs and and there's just this these two kids just I remember just like standing there, like their jaws dropped. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what it was, if it was because I was white and like in this space with all Moroccans or just like my expressions. I was like 
trying not to scream out in pain. Oh, so you're very tall and lanky. Yeah, I'm, I'm lanky, and yeah, I guess that, that contributed to it. It was just probably a very amusing sight for them. And, and then it was over. It was, like, extremely fast. And I didn't realize I could probably have stayed in the... I could have probably gone back into the warm room. I was just like, oh, it's done. I got to leave. And so I left and was waiting forever for Claudia to finish up. But uh, would do again. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just, like, you have to do it. And it's so cheap. But the cost is, like, less than $5. Yeah. I think, yeah, because, like, the expensive thing is, like, getting someone to massage you. But, like, if I go back, I'm just going to do it myself. But, like, the thing is, like, you want to go in there with someone you know so that they can scrub you down. Mm-hmm. Like, get your back and, like, you know, the areas you can't reach. I remember when we were on the bus to Chef Show and the, there's some some guy was, like, giving us a lot of history of the area and everything. And he was talking about how the how the Moroccans brought bathing to the Spaniards yeah. way back when they, the Spaniards were uh, very dirty. And when they, yeah, when they were colonizing, they did not bathe. And the Moroccans are like, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. This yeah, is how no, you get they, clean. Yeah, he said Moroccans taught the Spanish how to bathe. And like, yes, it is fucking true. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you, the Moroccans are clean people. <laughs> Morocco was fun. I am glad I went. I was really hesitant because I'd never been to a country where I didn't know a language that they spoke because i i travel a lot but i go to like spain i go to latin america like you know english spanish is my second language or i go to places where they speak english so like i can get around and like that's definitely like a comfort zone like a barrier that like i finally broke you know going to like a arab and french speaking country where like spanish or english or like it was really interesting also being in a country where Islam is like the primary religion is that I had never experienced that. And, um, and I, I had to say it was a pretty great experience. I loved hearing the prayer calls every day. And like, I got very used to that. I really miss that actually. I, I used to hear the prayer calls in Brooklyn, this one apartment we lived in. So like threw me back to that. I was like, Oh, this is the real deal. Like it's all around us yeah. all the time. So many mosques and they were beautiful mosques. Yeah. And like, Do you have any reflections from, like, just, like, us being together 24-7 all the time? From like It was over, it was, like, almost two weeks since, if we include Spain when we were traveling together. Because we were, like, we were sleeping in the same bed every night. We, we like, knew each other's sort of, I think by the end we got to the point where, like, all right, here's here's how we can make this smoother. Yeah, I mean, if you're traveling with someone 24-7, you, there are, like, things that eventually will bother you about them. But if you just, like, communicate about them repeatedly, for me, was, like, the walking thing. I was, like, you have to slow down, Fenton, because... <laughs> I'm so used to fast walkers. <laughs> well, and it wasn't even just like the like, you know, like for my safety, it was like, I want to walk next to you so we can talk, yeah. you know, and like, I'm sorry, I cannot walk that fast. But also it's like, as soon as I left, like two days later, I was like, where's Fenton? Like, I miss you. Like, where are you? Um, I'm so appreciative that you came along on that journey. It made it so much more fun. I, I would not have gone to Morocco alone. I mean, I would have been fine as, as you said, like as a male bodied person, but you know, it's just, it's so much better when you're traveling with someone who is also like, and you're like, go, go, go. We gotta, we gotta do these things. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're only here for a week. We gotta like get on Tinder right away. No. Yeah. (laughs) But we really did not meet up with Tinder folk or couch surfing people in Morocco. It worked more in, uh, that's how we met Matt. That's how we met that dude Olaf from oh, Norway. Oh, in Spain, yeah. In Spain, we were, it we were, worked really well yeah. in Spain. 
and it's worked for me in um mexico i was i was afraid to use it in morocco just like because being gay is illegal so i didn't like i didn't know like of course i mean the government is pretty shitty at cracking down on that you got to be like really really out there for them to do anything but i yeah i just like did not open tinder the entire time i was in morocco because of that reason i like didn't want to be caught yeah no i was like we don't need a reason to be deported right now We can wrap it up. That is a a lot of talking that we just did. We gotta go eat our eat our breakfast. Our eggies. Eggy eggies and take on the day. Yes. You're in dreary Iowa. You're in, in Des Moines. <laughs> Des Moines. I'm living in Des Moines, kids. Tune in to the next Finton Lives with Finton podcast where I interview myself. Because <laughs> I'm by myself all the fucking time. Bless up, fam. Bless yes, it's up. great to have Cotty here to get me out of my fucking. I don't. It's it's fine. It's I awesome. I enjoy being by myself, but I need to get out of that sometimes. Okay, well, thank you very much. Bye. for listening to the podcast Finton Lives With. I do hope you learned something. This podcast is produced by Natniff and you can find more at natniff.net.